You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Desperate Housewives After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424 424- 256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Desperate Housewives After Show. Hey, everybody. How you doing? I'm Derek Shore. Welcome back to another week of AfterBuzz's Desperate Housewives chat. And, uh, of course, it's season eight, the final season. It's episode 16. And the theme of this week's episode was... All you take for granted. And I've got to say, what a total bummer episode. I uh, I knew the big spoiler before actually watching this episode. Otherwise, I probably would have been completely unprepared for what happened at the end of this episode. I can't bury the lead and not acknowledge that we don't all know that uh, Mike Delfino is gone. Mike Delfino is dead. You know, I really... Um, I'm so bummed about this, and I know a lot of you probably are, too. I wish Roxy was in the studio today. She's off on a beach somewhere in Cabo, but she should be back next week. And the irony of this happening, Roxy, just last week on our show, she was talking about how all of the women on uh, on the lane in Fairview have had these marital problems and how Susan and Mike, that was the one couple that gave her hope. And obviously that that relationship ended in tragedy. I I can't even imagine. I think the saddest part for me was watching Susan there just in in her front doorway holding Mike and and screaming out as his blood is just gushing from his chest. What a horrible horrible thing for her to have to go through and we only have five more episodes left and it just seems like oh my gosh what what now is going to happen if all of our predictions are so off what is going to happen before the show ends its final season we have julie susan's daughter who's going to be having her baby we assume that baby will be kept based on the fact that lynette's son porter is the father of the baby and wants the baby so who knows? Maybe she'll find a way to to take her heartache and channel that into loving this new baby. But gosh, what a total bummer. Bria single. Carlos and Gabby. Well, Carlos is back from rehab, but they, they don't seem to have a perfect marriage by any stretch. Uh, Lynette and Tom. We, we also predicted that they were going to get back together. But in this episode, we find out that Tom is moving in with Jane and, of course, um, Vanessa Williams' character, Renee, Renee and Ben. I mean, they've, they've sort of been on again, off again. Who knows what's going to happen with them? But we certainly were not invested as much in their relationship as we have with the other women. So let's back up now that we've gotten the, uh, the headline 
out there, and we can all acknowledge the way this episode ended. Let's go back to ver- to the very beginning. The scene of the episode is all we take for granted, and I think this show has done a really great job this season. We've discussed this before of reminding people to say I love you, reminding people to enjoy the nice things in life. And this episode, when it begins, the the narrator, Mary Alice Young, she flat out says that one of these characters will die. The writers of the show certainly make us think that that person may be Karen McCluffsky because, as we know, she her cancer is back and it's gotten to her brain. We also see Juanita on her bike with the, the kitty cat that she has. I'm so allergic to cats, by the way, Phil. I mean, this was a cute cat, but geez, it really made me um, freak out a bit. And um, and so we and we also see Mike working under the hood of his car, but it could be any of those characters. We've been knowing we've known for a while that a main character was going to be killed off. And in fact, as sad as this week's episode was, one of our Twitter followers and listeners, William Robert, he was tweeting at me this morning saying that this was a really emotional episode for him. But next week we can expect an even sadder episode. So, geez, I mean. I hope that I understand that sadness and drama is is part of real life and everything can't be perfect on Wisteria Lane. But, geez, give us a bit of happiness. This was a really, really heavy episode. And also our buddy Majid over in Qatar, he, he tweeted at me just a bit ago saying that he has a theory that maybe they're trying to get rid of all the men from Wisteria Lane. Tom is off with Jane, Mike Delfino is now dead, Carlos, who knows what's, what could potentially happen to him. But, uh, but Majid's theory was that they're trying to get rid of all the men on the lane so that at the end, the Fairview Police Department will in fact find out how the women uh, concealed the body and buried it, and they'll all go to jail, and there won't be any men around to defend them. So that's one theory. I think that sounds like a a complete bummer. <laughs> um, we, if, if on the final episode, we just see the, the prison gates lighting shut and boom, boom. And there the women are to live the rest of their days behind bars. I hope not. I hope not. But who knows? Crazier things have happened on this show. So I guess we'll have to wait and find out. Um, the, the irony in this episode, you know, right at the very beginning, uh, Bree is chatting with the with the women on the lane and clearly they they put their arms around each other and they're hugging and then they're sitting at the table having tea so that friendship is repaired and brie is saying you're never going to believe this but orson was the guy who was behind the threatening letters and all of this all of this drama killing chuck and the women are a bit stunned but then gabby says you know what I'm done being sad about this. We should all be happy because if Orson was the only other person who knew what we did and how we hid this body, then if he's out of the picture and if he did indeed commit suicide, then we have nothing to worry about anymore. No one's going to come after us. And Susan says, our nightmare, that's right, ladies, our nightmare is finally over. Ugh, the foreshadowing. I mean, now knowing what happens at the end of the episode, what a heartbreaking thing for her to say. And um, and then I love the scene with Susan and Mike when they're in the bedroom and she's put on something really sexy and clearly she's trying to seduce him. He's looking out the window, obviously worried, and we know that he's looking out for this mobster who uh, who he got in a scuffle with last week. And I love when she comes up to him and she... <laughs> 
And she reaches down and she grabs whatever we think she's grabbing. And she says, ooh, ooh, is that a gun in your pocket? Or is that, oh my gosh, that's a gun in your pocket. And he pulls out the gun and he says, okay, sit down. I have something to tell you. So um, some great writing in this episode. I, I thought that was really, really well played. And Susan, I love her character so much. She seems so adorably clueless at times, yet she's so endearing because, again, we've talked about this before. She's She wants to be a good mom. She wants to do the right thing. She She knows at times that she can be a bit manipulative, but... I think in her mind, she probably assumes that that's always justified because she does so to take care of her family and to do what she thinks is best for them. So I loved uh, I loved this playful scene between her with Mike, and I especially liked when they went to down to the police station to talk to this detective to say, okay, this is what's going on, and uh, Susan is sort of saying to Mike, I told you so. Why didn't you immediately go to the police? This guy threatened you and you got in a big fight with him. Why didn't you go immediately to the police? I love this because I'm not an I told you so kind of guy, but I would say in general in life, I like to make sure that things are that things are logical, that things are organized. My house, you know, is very if I'm looking for something, I want to know where to find it. And um, I don't know if I'm offering advice to someone and they don't take it. Sometimes I am quick to remind them that perhaps they should have taken my advice if things don't work out the way they want. Anyway, I'm sure my boyfriend, Matt, could tell you all about it. Um, so so in that in, in that regard, I think it's even more heartbreaking for for anyone to lose a husband. We've seen. Brie lose a husband. We've seen Lynette slowly lose her husband to Jane. We've seen Gabby lose her husband temporarily to alcoholism, to see him go off to rehab. For There's something about Susan's character, though. She just seems so fragile in this way. I just think, ugh, of all of the characters, why not kill off Carlos, you know? I mean, I'm sure Gabby would have cried, <laughs> But she seems so easily distracted by by bling bling. And even in this episode, she admitted how selfish she is. She seems like she may be a little more resilient. Susan is the one I am I am definitely most concerned about. So I guess we'll find out next week how she begins to cope with this horrible, horrible, horrible tragedy. The um, the Karen scenario, the Karen sickness. Again, we we were led down a path to believe that maybe Karen was the character who was going to die in the, this episode, or Juanita, as we saw her hanging off the roof of the house trying to get that cat. But Karen McCluskey and her relationship with Roy, that's really come to the forefront of the past few episodes because of this cancer. And I love how they are so great at dealing with real-life issues. The writers on this show have tackled really, really tough issues and things that we all find in our own communities. They've talked about uh, the pedophile who moved onto the lane. I know that's kind of a dramatic one. Let's see, the gay couple living next door who adopted a daughter. They've talked about uh, teenage pregnancy or pregnancy between 
unmarried young people and the potential of adoption. They've talked about, I mean, all kinds of scandal and deception and and lies. And I love that the show is so relatable in that way because each of us can say, oh, wow, I've experienced that or I know someone who's gone through that or, wow, we really should. Hmm, wow. I mean, they use humor and they use heartbreak to really get us to think about our own lives, it's especially in my case. I mean, I this week when when they were talking about uh, when Carlos came back from rehab and he was uh, Gabby gave him that new tie, the necktie, and he said, wow, I didn't even realize tomorrow I was going to be going back to work again. And what does that really mean? And then we see as the episode continues, his character is feeling so conflicted about the fact that he works in this skyscraper for a corporation that that he says makes people's lives harder. So they're taking from the poor people and they're investing this or whatever. And that's why we, we saw in this scene where the all of these laid off workers had shown up to get their checks and Carlos was writing people checks for $50,000 because he said, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to hurt people to, to, to make money. Why are we keeping people down uh, just for the bottom line? And I thought that was particularly relevant as we are in a presidential election year and we hear a lot of these candidates talking about middle class and upper class and who should have the tax cuts and who shouldn't and who should have to pay this or that, whatever. I mean, these debates always come up and I feel like at the end of the day, we forget that people are, uh, you know, uh, people are at the heart of 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 the way we live our lives and politics in general. You know, we had one candidate say corporations are people, too. Hmm. I don't know if I agree with that. Um, I don't know if Carlos would agree with that either. After after we see his epiphany, his revelation in this episode that, you know what, it's not always just about money. It's about enjoying your life. And what I thought was particularly interesting with uh, with this episode and with, with his revelation is that after the scene where Juanita almost falls off the roof and Gabby is so terrified, we are brought back to the theme of, the things that really matter. Family really matters. And what I thought was so interesting is the fact that Gabby and Carlos interpreted that situation so differently, so differently. So when they're sitting there in bed together and they say, wow, wow, oh my gosh, today was was so scary and I'm, I'm so glad Juanita's okay and really made me remember the important things in life. In Carlos's mind, that just solidified his desire to want to leave this company where he's been working to maybe become a therapist and help people or to do something a little more philanthropic, make a little less money. Maybe they'd have to sell the house, he'd said. From Gabby's perspective, she said, yeah, you're right, the things that are important. So you're going to go right back to work tomorrow and take care of your family. And it it, it just shows how how opposite how how they truly are on opposite pages when it comes to this issue and gabby clearly she said you know i'm selfish you knew that when we got married you you make the money and i spend it i've upheld my end of the bargain <laughs> that was such a great line and uh, and it's true they are they are completely not on the same page when it comes to this so again to go back to these relationships that seem to be just falling apart 
Desperate Housewives, truly, I, I guess they are living up to the name of the show because these women are not in a happy place. I don't see any of these women right now on the lane who are content with where they are, with where they are in life. And if anything, uh, the woman who I think is most content is probably Renee. And even she is still single. She's, she's dating Ben-ish. But um, but it's funny to me that right now Renee is kind of the voice of, of reason. And to go back to Susan and Mike and Renee, Susan comes over to Renee to say, hey, I want to know what went on. And Mike did this and Mike did that. And Renee says, sit down. I'll pour you a glass of wine. Listen, you need a reality check. You are dating or you are married to Prince Charming. Mike is a great guy and you need to, to snap out of it and be glad that you have, have someone there to protect you. Phil, are you going to tune in to these uh, to these last few episodes? Aren't you just a little curious to see? I'm absolutely curious, which is yeah? why which is why I can't spoil it for myself. I have to go back and see, you know, and then at this point, I have to get like the box set. No, no, I'm waiting for the box set. No, Phil, you're never going to be able to catch up on all the box. This is the thing about this show because I know you're over in the, there in the booth saying, "What? This happened? That happened? Mike's dead? What?" This show moves so quickly and there's so much that happens that honestly, Phil, I don't know where – I couldn't even tell you where to go back and begin your journey if you were to uh, if you were to review these past episodes. Well, could I tell our viewers where they can begin a journey? They can go to iTunes. Go for it. And uh, as you're downloading us there um, for the podcast version, you know, take a moment real fast. It's a quick one, literally like 15 to 20 seconds, and just rate and comment us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, let us know how we're doing. It's all we ask for in return. Derek's here every week. Yes, I know he's been on me that I haven't been watching. <laughs> but I'll, I'll get there. You have a lot of shows to watch. But in the watch. meantime, we ask for, uh, you know, that's you guys can support us in that way. Yeah, and if you hate the show and if you hate me, write about it. I mean, we are all for people being open and honest. That is my mantra. <laughs> And, uh, you know, maybe if you rate and comment more, Roxy will be back here more. You know what? So, that Roxy, Foxy, Roxy, Roxy, I miss that girl. Get your comments going. Start the start the iTunes campaigning. Absolutely. Well, and if you're an online guy like I am, I'm so – I watch these episodes sometimes just in bed on a, on a mobile device, on an iPad or my iPhone. And if you, if you are like Phil and you've missed some of these episodes and you want to start catching up on, on what's happening on the actual series, go back to the, to the beginning of the season. You can go to abc.com, click on Watch Shows, find Desperate Housewives, and your episodes are right there. It's a great way to catch up. And you can have yourself a little marathon. So, Phil, maybe you could have a little Desperate Housewives right. marathon. I and, did not know that. And catch up. There's See? only a few episodes left. So I know. You keep saying that, and that's what keeps bumming me out. Well, you gotta I watch feel it. like if I don't watch them, it'll never happen. You know? And, and I'll have that, like... Out of sight, out of mind. No, I obviously want to see them, but I don't want to If you see don't watch, end. it won't end. Yeah, that's it. Oh, I see. We call that denial, Phil. Denial. Yeah, well, I didn't say what it was called or what it wasn't called. I'm just saying that's what that's the case for me. So there, I know that um, I've been jumping from uh, jumping from topic to topic this podcast, but I'm still reeling a bit from everything that happened. And 
I didn't cry this episode, I've got to admit. I know a lot of people are heartbroken about Mike. Again, I'm more heartbroken for Susan because I think of all the characters, I just didn't want to see her husband die. Mike, I could, you know, take him or leave him. Um, In real life, tragic, horrible. This is a a TV show, though, in case anyone has forgotten that. And um, one, the thing that was most troubling, though, and I would say even more troubling than Mike's death was the exchange between Lynette Tom and Jane, that little messy triangle that's going on right there. I'm a big fan of Lynette, and sometimes I feel like if I were a housewife, I would be Susan. Most of the time, I feel like I'm Lynette because I am, as I just said a moment ago, I'm pretty orderly, I'm organized, I am more methodical and probably too responsible for my own good, right? But Lynette, we've seen this interesting back and forth between her and Tom. And a few episodes ago, Tom showed up and said, you know, let me take the kids. You've been working really hard. Let me take them off your hands. And you watched them while I was in Paris with Jane. So it's my turn to do that. And she says, wow, if we weren't separated, the things I'd do to you? And so we've sort of wondered what's going to happen. Roxy and I speculate every week. Are they going to get back together? Are they not going to get back together? And I've been pretty convinced that they will. This episode initially made me think, wow, maybe maybe this split is for good. However, I don't think so. And I'm about to tell you why. (laughs) Jane... Jane has always been a likable character, right? She is what a lot of people would call the other woman, right? But technically, Tom and Lynette are separated. They're still married, but they're living apart. And in this episode, we see Tom show up with a bottle of champagne, hands it off to Lynette. She says, wow, this is so nice. Wait a minute. I'm smarter than that. Why are you trying to bribe me? And Tom essentially admits that he wants to bring Jane to Penny's birthday party. Lynette is throwing this huge birthday party, working on decorations in the kitchen. It looks like it's going to be great. And Lynette says... Hmm, don't you think it's a little weird to bring the woman you're dating to your daughter's birthday party while you're still married? Little bit weird. And I am all for blended families, mixed families. I've mentioned before my mom was a single mom and I think I think families if they can figure out a way to to work things out however it is. Stepmom, stepdad, oh they all like each other. They don't whatever. That's great. In my opinion, this is too soon for Jane to be stepping into this arena. And so she shows up anyway. Lynette says, listen, Tom, I'm not comfortable with Jane coming to the birthday party. It's Penny's party. It's about her and her friends, and that's it. No drama of your girlfriend showing up. But she shows up anyway. Which, first of all, I thought was totally uncool. Secondly, she brings her niece along to take photos, which I think is what would normally be considered a nice gesture. My nose is so itchy today. Someone must be talking about me. I think it's. Uh, by the way, so yeah. I, did a, I did a quiz um, which Desperate Housewife are you? And I did it for you, and you are Lynette. How did you know? I just. I just plugged in the answers that I thought were what you would answer. That is fascinating. Wait, Phil, give us some of the sample questions. Which desperate housewife are you? How did I not know that this existed? Okay, so it's uh, just type in uh, which desperate housewife are you. Okay. And um, and it'll come up on a Google search? It'll, it'll come up. And, uh, yes. 
it's uh, you know some of the questions are uh, what's your favorite rock song? You know who's most important to you? Your children, your spouse, your such and such. Uh, what what is my favorite rock song? By the way, I can't get no satisfaction. <laughs> It's a, it's a multiple choice answer. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, then it was like, okay, um, you know, which which are you most likely to join? NRA, P- PTA, book club. I don't join things. I put PTA for you. Oh, that's good. Um, and, and stuff like that. So the NRA, who who would be that? Who would that be? Bree. Who would join the NRA? Which of the housewives? Know. Probably Bree. Certainly not you, because I put PTA. Yeah, PTA. That's good. And there were only two questions, nothing else? No, there's a series of 14 questions. Well, give me some of the others. I'm trying to think. We Hold got on. a few more minutes. All right, here, let's play again. I can't believe that it uh, that it knew that I was Lynette as much All as right. I knew. I feel most desperate when no one understands me, no one loves me, no one listens to me, no one appreciates me, no one pays attention to me. So why, why, don't, why don't you choose? Is there an all of the above? <laughs> no, can you just pick one? I don't know. No one listens to me? Okay. Well, we know people do listen to you thanks to the podcast, so you got that going. On the weekend, you're likely to find me washing my car in front of the yard, doing something work-related, out shopping, just recuperating, planning for the week ahead. Oh, my gosh. Uh, last weekend, I rode my bicycle 73 miles. So, Is work- that an option? Is that work-related? Probably, uh, maybe work-related, yeah. All right, so we're going to go ahead and put Uh-oh. work-related here. Uh, Although I'm getting better about it. All right. Well, in high school, you hung out with the jocks, the stoners, the rich kids, the smart kids, whoever made me look good. What? Those are totally unfair choices. None of the above. Whoever made me look good. All right. We're going to go with that one. That's a Gabby answer. Admit it. You virtually define this deadly sin. Envy, lust, pride, anger, sloth. Oh, wait. One more time on those. Envy, lust, Pride, anger, sloth. And I define one of those? Yes. Oh, maybe pride? Okay, we're going to go with that one. I don't think I'm, I'm envious or jealous. Quick. Yeah, okay. Uh, my favorite book is uh, Any Nancy Drew Mystery, uh, Madame Bowery. I don't even know these people. The Silver Palette Cookbook, The Karma Sutra, and The ABCs of Hiring a Nanny. These are horrible choices. What kind of cracked out survey is this, Phil? All right, we're going to go with the Karma Sutra. I knew it. I knew you'd say that, uh, but you happen to be right. Well, <laughs> at least I'm right. See, see, that's why I knew I... I, 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 I wrote that book, Phil. All right, I'm going to stop right here because obviously since I know you so well, I got you the right answer. So it doesn't matter how we derived at the answer. This is a math class. <laughs> but we this, got to the answer. This is amazing, though, Phil, because you have given our, our viewers and listeners a great little nugget of... Uh, of diversion to you guys have got to check this out i'm gonna check it out when i get home which, which desperate housewife are you and apparently it's I'm on uh it's uh you can go to right i don't know just search for it on bang don't okay I, I was gonna spell it out but it's so long i'll search for it on bang no problem thanks phil i appreciate that but back to lynette in the meantime jane again i think she has been a nice woman but i think she's overstepping her bounds and I could not believe after this conversation with Lynette that Tom would somehow allow Jane to just show up out of the blue. So I'm annoyed at Jane, but I'm super annoyed at Tom because 
this is his territory. He's the one who should be stepping in and saying, you know what, Jane, I know you want to go to Penny's birthday party, but we've only been dating for three months, and my wife is still having a hard time with this, and my daughter's friends don't need to meet my new girlfriend. Tom should be the one stepping in and doing that, and I hate that Lynette has to defend herself. So in Phil's case, as he's just explained, with the survey, one of my answers was, I feel most desperate when people don't listen to me. Classic example of Tom not listening to Lynette. I couldn't believe at this birthday party when Jane showed up and she was the super happy, hey, 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 this is my niece. She's going to take all these photos of us. And then we see Jane posing with Penny and snap here, snap there. And you know what? Lynette is a total rock star because I think she handled it so appropriately to drag Jane into the house and say, you know what? What's the deal? Um, Why are you here? And at the end of this conversation, Jane ends up telling Lynette that she's moving in with Tom. She's moving in with Tom. So Lynette has to hear this from Jane. Clearly, this is difficult news for her. And later, when Lynette talks to Tom about it, Tom says, well, you know, we've... We've been talking about this, and I know it's only been three months, but, um, you know, I'm really happy, and I'm sorry if you're not. Heartbreaking. Totally heartbreaking. Again, I thought that was more heartbreaking than Mike's death, just because we've seen this relationship unravel slowly. Lynette pours her heart out in this episode and says, you know what, Jane? Tom and I have been married for 20 years. We go through a rough patch. We take a trial separation, he finds you, and he finds you and doesn't feel the need to come back to, to, to rediscover me, his wife. That was, oh, I just feel for her so much. And my theory, I said I would tell you why I think they're still going to get back together. And here's why. Jane, I think, is a raging bitch. And I usually don't use that word on this program, but when she went into Lynette's home to apologize and Lynette said, oh, wow, you sound so sincere, and the conversation got heated, and Jane said, you know what? I didn't even want to come over here to apologize, but Tom made me. Wow, seriously? If that is the type of woman Jane is... I have zero respect for her, and that's why I think sooner or later, Tom is going to discover that about Jane and say, oh my gosh, I traded Lynette and my whole family for this woman, Jane, who clearly doesn't know how to feel remorse. I mean, again, it's a tricky, awkward situation. I don't think it's fair to ever stereotype the other woman. Oh, she's the new woman, the other woman. Plenty of scenarios happen all the time when there's a new person and they're unfairly judged because there are a new person. In this this case, I've been treading lightly with Jane and trying to give her the benefit of the doubt. And after that exchange with Lynette, no, it's on. It is on, Jane. Bring it. So um, I really hope that Tom and Lynette patch it up and I hope we get to see more of Jane's bitchy side because then we we won't feel bad when Tom finally kicks her to the curb. Oh, let's hope that let's hope that happens before they move in together. With only a few episodes left, I think it probably will. That's my prediction. I wish Roxy were here because I know she would have some gem of a prediction to give us. Um I have a gem that I am Susan. Oh, you what? You yeah. took the housewife's quiz? Damn right. What was your favorite question of that survey? 
my favorite question is where would you like where do you shop most victoria's secret <laughs> albertson's home depot or something else and i, I put home depot are you so you blatantly lied because that's obviously victoria's secret Oh, maybe you don't shop there. I've just seen you staring it's in my the window. Fa- it's my favorite store, but I don't shop there more than I do Home Depot. You don't shop. Do you get the Victoria's Secret catalog, Phil? I used to. <laughs> Did you? When you were in high school? It used, yeah. It used to be like a thing. But anyway, back to the show. Didn't your mom ever intercept that? I think your mom might be listening. Yeah, probably. That's so awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah, we didn't really have uh, Victoria's Secret catalogs for boys like me. They would have, what would they have called it? Like, I don't know, Javier's Secret or something. Oh, oh dear. Okay, so um, <laughs> so back to the show. Why don't we get into a few of the predictions? Because I, as much as I would love to just hang out here and speculate about this episode and what might be coming up, I think these predictions are, are sometimes tricky. Because well, don't you, have, uh, don't you have a bit of news and gossip or what did you there's call? There's a bit of news. Yeah, why don't we talk about news? There's, it, if anyone's been following... Well, as you all know, uh, disgruntled former housewife Nicolette Sheridan is no longer on the lane. She is no longer on the lane. But you know what? Her stench continues to be smelled throughout Wisteria Lane and Fairview because just this week she was in court with none other than the creator of the show, Mark Cherry, to hash it out about what exactly occurred on set about a year ago when, apparently, Mark Cherry hit Nicolette Sheridan in the head. Now, um, I've got a little bit of inside information on this. It just happens that um, someone I am friends with, I was hanging out with last night, in fact, uh, he shall be, he shall remain nameless, but his first job in television was working on Desperate Housewives. He was on set the day this alleged hitting incident occurred. He saw the whole thing. told me what happened. And essentially, if you've been reading any of the reports that have been coming out of the court, they were Mark Cherry was standing there with Nicolette Sheridan, a few of the cast and crew, and she didn't think that the lines in her scene were funny enough. So they were discussing how to work this out. Maybe it was blocking. Maybe there was a bit of movement that needed uh, to change to enhance the comedic element of the scene. And so for artistic direction, says Mark Cherry... He tapped, tapped the back of her head to get a bit of a reaction from her. Well, she claims that it was very painful. It caused all kinds of distress. Although the people who work with her on the show or worked with her said, you know what? She never even complained of a headache. She didn't take an Advil. She didn't go to an emergency room. She didn't see a doctor. And the case, you know, when they investigated it, when ABC investigated it after her complaint, they found no wrongdoing. So who knows what's going on? There are plenty of theories saying that she is just trying to get $6 million or whatever she's suing with or suing for. But uh, in any case, these these guys are in court and listed as potential witnesses are Felicity Huffman and Eva Longoria. So whether they'll have their day in court remains to be seen. But the most shocking news out of the courtroom happened last Thursday when one of the executive producers on the show mentioned the big spoiler, the big spoiler. And uh, ABC is claiming that before this incident, this alleged incident with Nicolette Sheridan and Mark Cherry, Cherry, they had already decided to kill off her character. So in court, they were discussing this the other day and they said, well, was there any other character you had talked about killing off? 
And this person on the witness stand, the producer, said, yes, Mike Delfino. At which point, two of the female jurors <laughs> gasped and put their hands up to their mouths because they could not believe this shocking spoiler that had just been revealed in a court of law. So that, folks, is how we knew that Mike Delfino was going to die. Uh, and who knows what else we're going to hear coming out of this courtroom. But, you know, I've got to say, I can only speculate, but... And, you know, I haven't talked to Mark about this at all. I know Mark Cherry a little bit. But it's got to be a total bummer to hire an actor for a show like this and then things hit the fan and your relationship deteriorates and they eventually end up suing you. That's got to really, really suck. And by the way, she didn't lose a limb. She didn't lose a house. She didn't really lose any property. I'm just curious, Phil. I mean, doesn't $6 million seem like kind of a lot of money? I'm not a lawyer. I can't. I probably shouldn't be speculating on this issues, but it seems like a little overblown in my opinion. Anyway, so um, so that's your news and gossip for the week. And I'll pay attention to this court case and try to bring you some more now, next week. You're after Buzz TV predictions. Normally, I kind of like the prediction segment of the show, but honestly, this is just a bummer. I mean, my prediction is that Susan is going to curl up into a little ball and not leave the house for months. I can't imagine. They've got little MJ. I think he's nine, nine years old now. Uh, They've got a grandbaby on the way. There was so much going right for the two of them. And as they said at the end of the episode, when Susan and Mike were sitting there on the front porch talking about their lives together and Susan was saying, Mike, you know, one of the things I really love about you is that you never get scared. You're always there to help people and people know that immediately about you when you meet And he said, yeah, I I do sometimes get scared that I haven't made it clear to you how much I love you. And I am so glad they had that moment together. So, so glad that they had that moment together. And literally, moments later, he was shot dead on the front door. A bit dramatic, a bit bit soap opera-esque, I guess. Does stuff like that happen in real life? Probably, yes. Not so often, thankfully. But um, my prediction is that this throws Susan for a loop. I mean, that's an understatement. I think this is going to be a major issue. And I I think one of two things. She's either going to, as I said earlier, channel all of this heartbreak into loving this new grandbaby and maybe that process will help her heal. Or I could also see it being kind of a game changer. I could see it being... Something that makes Susan reevaluate if she is ready to raise a new baby. But I think the former is probably the prediction that I would stick with. I think she'll she'll probably decide to to raise that baby. Tom and Lynette, I still think he's going to kick Jane to the curb and they're going to get back together. Let's hope. Please, let's hope. Now that we've seen Jane's true colors. And in terms of Gabby and Carlos, it'd be kind of a, a dramatic change to have Carlos leave his career and become a psychologist. But who knows? McCluskey, she'll die eventually. And Bree, I don't know. I think we might see her behind bars. Sometimes bad things happen to good people, even though she was just trying to do the right thing in concealing that body. 
All right, folks. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. Remember, you can find us on YouTube. You can go to AfterBuzz.com or AfterBuzzTV.com. I think we have both of those URLs, right, Phil? Uh, we should. Okay, fantastic. And uh, if you have any comments, you can always tweet them at us. Tweet them at AfterBuzz. Tweet them at me, Derek Shore, or at our other host, Roxy Stryer, who should be sitting right across from me next week. So thanks again for all your comments. Thanks for tuning in. And for all of us here at AfterBuzz, we will see you next week. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later, everybody. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.